You're listening to Storm Surge, a Carolina Hurricanes podcast. Sit back and relax as Taylor Dillon and Spencer talk all things Canes hockey. On with the show. Hello and welcome in to another episode of Storm Surge, a Carolina Hurricanes podcast. We're glad to have you with us. Um, random, I messed that up last week. <laughs> I think I said we're glad to have us with you, something weird. Um, but, <laughs> but we are all back together again. We got we got Spencer back with us. I'm Taylor. Uh, we got Dylan and Spencer. Spencer, how's that baby doing? Uh, just crying and pooping and eating, <laughs> just like the rest of us. Good. Um, we're glad to have you back. We uh, we the missed apple you. doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> Amen, brother. Uh, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Palace Point and RCE Theaters. Uh, and we'd like to thank Chase Given Music. We appreciate them and supporting us. Please go and support them. Look them up on social media and, and follow them wherever you can. Also, please follow us, like, subscribe, wherever you're listening to this. Um, follow us on our social medias. Uh, you can find us at, on Facebook and Twitter primarily. Um, but we're so storm surge underscore pod. Yeah. And then, uh, but yeah. Um, so let's, we've got, we've got four games to go over from this past week. So, so let's dig in. So first off, let's, uh, let's go into that. The one to nothing win against Florida. That was a great game that, uh, it definitely felt like a playoff game. I know we that's the second time we played Florida this year. Uh, I think the previous game was a road game, and that one didn't really go our way. I think it was a 5-2 loss, that first one. But that one didn't really feel as much like a, a playoff game as this one did. This one definitely felt like it was the first time that these teams had seen each other since that Eastern Conference Finals last year. And it played out exactly like game one of that game did. Uh, well, not literally exactly, <laughs> because for one, we won. For two, it didn't go to overtime, but it, it felt exactly the same. Like after the second period, I was like, oh boy, I'm getting flashbacks. <laughs> um, but it was, a, it was a really good game. I really enjoyed that one. Well, that, that first but, time, too, was back before the uh, – that was when we were struggling and before the players-only meeting, wasn't it? Mm-hmm, it was. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's like they faced a different Canes team. Yeah. They um they did Adam Gold this week brought up it was really funny I wrote it down because I wanted to make sure I got it right he said uh he said Svechnikov either had the worst best game or the best worst game ever that night <laughs> yeah he uh his luck was a little funky that night he had a great hit on Kachuk though uh was that second period maybe it was, yeah, it was second period. period um. Yeah, great hit on Kachuk. Unfortunately, uh, I have to say, unfortunately, Kachuk got hurt on that. Never like to see somebody get hurt. But <laughs> if somebody is going to miss more than half the game, that's the kind of guy that you'd like to not have to deal with <laughs> late in the game. Um, especially with uh, how scrappy Florida got there in the third. Uh, another agitator on top of Lomberg and Bennett and uh, Cousins and whoever else they have to would, uh, would not have been as fun as... Uh, as what we actually got. Yeah, I just I didn't think about this until right now. 
I think uh, to correct myself, I think it was in the first period and then he didn't come back out to start the second period. Um, mm. <clears throat> but one thing I didn't think about until right now was um, how the entire playoff series, everyone says it wasn't a sweep. Obviously, he lost four games. It was a sweep. But the games were all so close. Um, and we were missing Sveshnikov, who I feel like is the answer to Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. And uh, th- this game was as close as all of those games were. They didn't have Kachuk, and we were the ones that came out on top. So kind of interesting. Uh, you wonder, had Sveshnikov been in that series? Obviously, uh, I think the scales are kind of tipped more in our favor. So nice to yeah. get that win, especially losing five in a row to anyone. It's not fun, but... Uh, it's, it's kind of a uh, fun rivalry, I feel like, with, with Florida these days. It is. Throwback to the Southeast Division days. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you all are too young to remember those. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, Back when it was Winnipeg a, uh... was in our division. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely a, uh, definitely a goaltender's duel, right? Um, I was oh, just yeah. looking at the stats. Uh, uh, Bobrovsky had uh, a one uh, 155 goals saved above expected, and uh, Kochetkov had a uh, 3.018 goals uh, or 3.02 goals saved above expected. So, three goals saved wow. above expected is uh, <laughs> a pretty incredible night for Kochetkov. Yeah, that's awesome, especially since uh, we tend to be pretty low or even negative in goals saved above expected just because our defense allows, like our, our defensive scheme, that is, allows so few shots that. Mm-hmm. there's not much opportunity to accrue expected saves. Um, I know that's kind of a advanced conversation for those that might not be as familiar with advanced statistics, but um, it's uh, it's it's kind of the one of the negatives of the way that our defensive scheme is set up is that we don't allow a ton of shots, and so our goalie stats are always going to look poor. And so when you see a stat that looks that excellent, uh, it really highlights how good of a game we had uh, from the goaltending position especially. Yeah, they got the the forty four save shutout, which is a uh, franchise record, I believe. So, uh, franchise rookie record. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I believe Cam Ward had a forty seven save shutout at one point, uh, but not as a rookie. Which Skochek nice. Pop's third season being a rookie, he hasn't hasn't quite graduated. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> <laughs> one day Kochekov. <laughs> I think I think this might be the year. <laughs> yeah. So and then His last I, rookie season. I don't. I don't have it written down. There was, you know, there was that scrum at the end of the game. What a. Uh, oh yeah. What was it? What was it? Kachetkov said. I know they're already printing T-shirts of it. Oh yeah, yeah. Because Florida had the goalie pulled, they had six <laughs> skaters out there to Carolina's five. So Kachetkov's like, "Hey, uh, they got six. I got five. Uh, these guys, no touch, my guys." Then he comes flying in and gets tackled by a ref. He's like, hey, ref, I'm trying to help you pull people off the pile. Get off of me. (laughs) Yeah, these guys not touch my guys. So good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Fun game. Super intense. My my eyes just kept getting wide all all the time. You know, that was uh, held my breath a lot during that game. Um, Luckily, luckily that uh, if Florida scores late, Spencer, did you have a heart attack, or did you immediately know it was going to be overturned? I did not immediately know. I was, uh, <laughs> I had, I was, I was a bit distressed. Uh, I was watching from my phone in the hospital room over UNC Rex <laughs> five megabits per second download Wi-Fi. Um, tried to get it on my computer, but uh, it wasn't. 
it wasn't good enough to watch on the computer, so I had to watch it on the phone. So that's why uh, you weren't responding to my text messages. That is exactly why I wasn't responding. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, game ended, and I had like 46 it. notifications, people asking how the baby was. I'm like, be quiet, I'm trying to watch hockey. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was, uh, I definitely had a mini heart attack with that one. Uh, surprised trip was correct on the call, though it was a hard yeah, one right. to get wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty obvious. I was glad it was a quick review. <laughs> yeah, looked offside to me. Trip said it looked offside, and I was second guessing myself. But then, uh, but then they got the call, and it matched what I thought. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, again, another parallel to Game One of the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I believe it was Jury had a a goal in overtime in that game that was overturned for offside uh, prior to Florida winning it in the fourth oh. overtime. <laughs> so, yeah, great uh, win. Yeah, I also love Ajo's mentality uh so in the post game uh hannah was asking him about what he saw on that goal that he scored and his first thought was here's a chance i missed a couple shifts ago a couple shifts ago i had a wide open net and i missed it and uh uh, but but he said we're i'm glad that we were able to pull out the win and so something else i noticed subtle there was i missed the opportunity and we pulled out the win just to like it's like the LeBron James post game conference right there. <laughs> well, in reverse, yeah. <laughs> we no, no, we missed exactly the opportunity, like... but I got us the win. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, the opposite mentality. Yeah, it's a it's a leadership mentality for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, anything else? Anything else we want to bring up on that one? Yeah, just a good win. Great win. Great penalty <laughs> kill, especially especially on that double minor for uh Oh yeah. Stall. Yeah, that was yeah. that yeah, was incredible. And, yeah. yeah, when you lose one of your top your top face off guy, a key penalty killer for a double minor, uh, that's pretty rough. So to be able to to pull through that, I think that was that was crucial. Uh obviously it was crucial in a one nothing game. Um but it was it was showing the team's willingness to dig in and work hard and and uh and get it done and basically bend but don't break in a sense right. uh and keep themselves alive for the uh, game winning opportunity yep pk was three for three so good work there nice absolutely all right um okay well so then let's move on to that next game so unfortunately we lost to dallas two to one uh so what you think about that one yeah, it was, a, uh, it was an interesting game. It was, uh, it was very tight checking, uh, very defensive game. Um, both teams obviously are very elite on both sides of the puck, uh, both offensively and defensively. And so uh, definitely saw the defenses kind of flexing a little bit more early on. Um, just seven shots in the first period. Um but unfortunately, one of those went in for Dallas. Uh, Jason Robertson got on the board first. Um, that guy's, I mean, he, that guy's deadly. He's definitely one of the elite players in the league. Uh, and scored against us when we were in Dallas just a week and a half ago, and now another goal against uh, Kachekov here. So um, that was kind of a rough one, too, when everything's been kind of so tightly checking that it, one goal feels like three in a game like that. Yeah, yeah, and did uh, Kachekov's uh, home shutout streak. Um, 
Yeah, definitely a definitely more of a defensive first period. Um, luckily, early on in the second, Aho uh, Aho tied it. So, uh, what's that on the season for Aho? How many goals does he did he have? That's twenty two. So, mm-hmm. uh, the assists for uh, Fast and Sveshnikov. Um, yeah, yeah, three games in a row with a goal from Aho and an assist from Fast and Sveshnikov. Yeah, the lines uh, looking good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, Dallas took the lead back not too long after that, though. Uh, and then, then we kind of got in some penalty trouble. Unfortunately, it didn't really bite us, but um, kind of, yeah. Definitely don't want to be getting into that penalty issues. Um, third period was also pretty tight. Um, just eight shots between the two teams. Uh, Carolina was kind of driving the play there a bit, but um, I mean, Dallas was just holding strong. Uh, Ottinger only had to make 20 saves, but they were blocking a ton of shots. We couldn't, they're we couldn't, a really good team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could not get to the middle. I mean, that's something that Natchez has been good at since coming back from injury is getting to this middle, um, like using a speed to get around the edge and get into the slot. Uh, Dallas was just having none of that. There was, there was no opportunity for that. And he just, couldn't get in there. Uh, nobody really could, and so um, only so much you can can do in a in a game like that. You'd like to see some more opportunities get through, but um, I mean, again, hats off to to Dallas on that uh, excellent yeah. defensive game. Yeah, just looking at some of the stats, uh, they dominated the faceoff circle. Sixty-one uh, percent of the faceoff wins. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they had they won sixty one percent of face offs. Um, let's see, they only had they only took two penalties compared to uh, Carolina's four. So eight minutes compared to four minutes, and then mm-hmm. uh, like you like you mentioned, Spencer, they had twenty five block shots compared to uh, thirteen from the Hurricanes. Who, uh, you know, like you like you also mentioned, only had sixteen shots on goal. But um, yeah, it's they. they were defensively very solid. Uh, it also doesn't help uh, looking at giveaways. The Hurricanes had 15. Um, so uh, didn't take care of the puck all that well. But mm-hmm. again, a lot of the credit goes to Dallas. So. I've noticed a lot of times, and this is kind of a digression in a, in a little bit, but I've noticed a lot of times the Hurricanes uh, will have higher giveaways than their opponents. Mm-hmm. pretty consistently both good games and bad games and i wonder if that's kind of the nature of the stat compared combined with the nature of the hurricanes offensive style being a more dump right. and chase four check right. heavy um anyway i know that some of that's the block shots yeah. i know some of the block shot stuff is that way too because I, I see so many uh facebook fans that just kind of scroll through the stats list and find something to complain about that's uneven uh, right. without kind of looking deeper into why it might be that way. And a common thing is blocked shots. Other teams are blocking so many more shots than us. Our defense sucks. Um, but if you look at the total shot attempts, mm-hmm. um, you'll see that not only are our blocked shots low, but also the shots on goal are low. And right. our defense would only be bad if <laughs> using that terminology, if our blocked shots was low. And as a result, our shots on goal allowed was high, but we're not even allowing them the chance. And so maybe our block shots are low 
because we're stealing the puck or deflecting the passes before they even have the opportunity to shoot. Or we're clogging the lanes well enough that they just miss it altogether and it misses the net completely. Uh, so it didn't matter if we didn't block it because <laughs> the goalie didn't have to either. Right. Um, no, that's a good point. But anyway, yeah. us having Kane's having high shots on goal and our opponents having high block shots tells me we're <laughs> you can't score if you don't shoot, and we're shooting right. a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's definitely a good point because just kind of looking at the uh, kind of the uh, Corsi numbers and the Fenwick numbers, uh, the Hurricanes actually uh, kind of dominate those stats uh, even in games yeah. like that one. So mm-hmm. uh, just for example, in the third period. Uh, well, we don't have to get into that just because it it takes some explanation, but just know, yeah, Spencer. What Spencer said is is true if you kind of look at the underlying numbers there. Yeah, of course, Dean Fenwick basically looks at total shot attempts, whether they're on goal, miss the net, or blocked. And so, uh, right. I think where Dylan was going with that is uh, the percentage of shots attempted, whether on net, blocked, or miss the net, uh, was significantly in Carolina's favor in that third period. Yeah, 78%, almost 79%. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Four out of every five shots attempted in that third period were Carolina. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> for, for reference, 55 is a high number. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you said we were 78? Yeah. yeah. yeah so <laughs> almost 79%. And actually, through periods one and two, uh, so the lowest was the second period at 60 uh, essentially 61% uh, and the first period was almost 63%. So uh, throughout the game, uh, yeah, if you just look at the block shots, uh, it's kind of misleading because, uh, yeah. like you said, it, it kind of depends on the amount of attempts there are as well. So, um, yeah, but block the shot still if you don't let them shoot it in the first so. place. <laughs> right, yeah. They, they were willing to sacrifice to, uh, you know, um, to get that win. Yeah, yeah. And, and kind of the point you were making was the Hurricanes don't have to sacrifice because those mm-hmm. opportunities are so far less. Like, blocking eight, what percentage of the shots did they block? Anyways, before exactly. we go too far down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that always drives me nuts when I'm reading Facebook posts, and then I start talking about it here, and I can't stop myself because it's been building up for weeks. <laughs> Well, thinking of a Facebook posts and different stuff I see all the time that normally I'm not I'm not huge in agreement with. I'm not a big complainer on on refereeing, but uh but I did those two guys I mean the whole all four of these games, oh, but those two especially I'm I'm normally not one, you know, I I don't ever think that not never, but that uh refs are making calls with with malintent or whatever, but the uh I did uh, I struggled a little bit with the refs here and thinking what the uh, uh, what's your goal here because <laughs> this this seems a little one sided. Yeah, I forget if it was the Dallas game or the Buffalo game. There've been so many games this week, and uh, a little sleep deprived this week. But uh, I don't remember which <laughs> which game stuff happened in. But um, it was all was three. One of those, in my yeah, opinion, probably, there was a game where I was thinking that it was like the hurricanes were definitely being held to a stricter standard. Yeah. Uh, than the opponent. Was it uh that might have been Florida. It might have been Florida. I think I think it was Vegas last week too. It was I mean I don't know, it's just all the games I've been watching recently. I know in the Vegas game we didn't get a single power play. 
great. Didn't get a single power play, or did we get one at the very end? Um, there was one where Mike was teasing Trip because Trip said like we're gonna get a power play at some point, and the answer was actually <laughs> no, we're not. Weird. Um, yeah, there's yeah, some other teams. Florida, Canadian we only team. One, we only had one power play against uh, yeah. Florida, and they had three, uh, and it seemed kind of like. Uh, I think there was a holding call and then they didn't call like the exact same thing on the other end. Yeah, right? well, wasn't, wasn't it, uh, you know, I think it was the Florida game that, that mm-hmm. for the four minute, you know, double minor and a minute or two before it, either before it or just after Martin got clipped in the face with a, with a stick mm-hmm. and they didn't call anything. Yeah. Yeah. And it happened yeah. and either he got hit twice or somebody else got hit. And I was like, come on, man. To be fair, in that game, the refs were calling it like a playoff game, too. They were letting stuff yeah, go yeah. that normally would have been called. And I think the only reason that Jordan Stahl was called, because I didn't see a hand go up initially, the only reason that Jordan Stahl got called is because the guy that got clipped started crying on the ice. He, <laughs> he forgot he was playing hockey, thought he was playing soccer, and it worked. He got the well, call. Well, they did a that was the one where they had to clean up the blood off the ice, wasn't yeah, it? They were screaming, they yeah. Were screaming blood, yeah. <laughs> I mean,. I'm not saying he was diving, but <laughs> if he was a man, he would have gotten up and kept skating. <laughs> this is the blood trail. Let the refs know what was happening. Off topic, but just see, I remember going years ago, going to a Orlando Solar Bears game, and somebody great logo. They're uh, oh, it was those are so fun. The atmosphere is fun, but they they oh, yeah. a player I think hit another guy with his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of blood to clean up that night. It was like, like he headbutt him or he took his helmet no, off. No, he, he had his helmet in his hand and slammed oh, the other guy in the head with his helmet. Oh my god! Yeah, it was Probably a pretty hefty suspension there. I, I don't oh, even man. remember that. That was Brutal. my uh, early days of of hockey. So I, don't, you know, I was like, I, this ECHL is awesome. Rules. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on to to sadly another loss against Buffalo. We lost that one three to two. Dylan, you want to kick this one off? Uh, yeah. I think <laughs> I was just kind of looking looking at the schedule. Uh, you have the big game against Florida. The, essentially, we talked about a playoff game. Uh, then you go on the road. Actually, Dallas was at home. Uh, but then you you kind of have a letdown <laughs> in Buffalo. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. because it was the back-to-back or if it was just kind of, you know, play re- two really tough teams. You come in thinking you have a little bit of an easier uh, test here. And then uh, that was uh, no one looked, that was, no one looked great. Uh, yeah. I, I felt like I was pretty harsh on them thinking that. And then, but uh, Adam gold made me feel a little bit better. Cause that's what he brought up was, you know, just having, having two rough games and then a back-to-back right after. Um, yeah, I think that was tight. He said, I think he was like, they they looked good for about eight minutes. And then, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, then you could see yeah. they were just gassed. Yeah, I think I think it was probably as much mentally taxing as it was physically, uh, those kind of two games leading up to this one. I think Rod post-game said uh, just mentally not there. Uh, you know, tough schedule. Um, with the three games and four nights. And so just you know, everything just kind of looked a little bit off, uh, except for Spencer Martin. He was, <laughs> he was uh, yeah. the, uh, the, the one guy that didn't play in the other games. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the guy who was rested looked like he was rested. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he did his job and he, he carried the team to a point. He did. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think he had a 936 save percentage that game, only two goals against on 33-ish shots. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have it in front of me. I think it was 33. Um, but yeah, tough, tough, tough scheduling there. Uh, had an 8 o'clock game at home against Dallas and then a 6 p.m. game on the road yeah, in Buffalo. 22 so, hours. Yeah. 22 hours between puck drop with travel. Uh, I mean, that's just a tough schedule. And, I mean, ideally you find a way to get that win. At least we got the point out of that. Probably should have gotten the wind, uh, the win, uh, except apparently Kokanami has a hand in his stomach uh, that made a puck that bounced off of his abdomen a <laughs> hand pass. Yeah, uh, seriously. Um, Trip had a really good point on that play uh, live of saying, basically, if it's not obvious on a play like that, let it go. Right. If they score, give Buffalo the opportunity to challenge. And this would have definitely been an unsuccessful challenge had they done it. But unfortunately, because of the way it was called on the ice, don't even have that opportunity. So um, I'll chalk that one up to a uh, tough schedule and uh, unfortunate refereeing, I'll say. Yeah. And uh, I mean, even if you think about, uh, you know, nature scores to go up, uh, what was it, late in the third, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of hope to shut it down at that point, but yeah, yep. I think just kind of mentally relaxed. Maybe I mean, after you have the lead kind of late in the period, I, I, I think it just is a mentally, uh, you know, mental errors there kind of cost the game. And yeah, the, the refereeing, uh, calling, calling the hand pass, that's 100% not a hand pass. So right. Even if it, even if he touched it with his hand, he touched it with his skate after. That. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, not only was it not a hand pass, it also was right. touched with something besides a hand afterward. Exactly, yeah. So it's a terrible call there, but even even take that call away, the game was still within reach and just kind of sat back and lost that one. Yep, yeah. Fortunate to get a point there. Take it and move on. Don't read too much into it. Right. Before we move on from this one, though, what do you think about uh, the shootout as far as I don't know. I didn't, yeah. Do you agree with um, I don't love the, it. the choices there or uh, as far as the players that were sent out to do it or would you have chosen someone else? I feel like I feel like everyone knows what Otto's going to do. Everyone again. knows what Sveshnikov is going to do. Uh, I don't know. I don't hate it. I don't hate the the choices. I'll pull it back up again to make sure I'm not forgetting anything. Uh, Terravine and Natchez. I think those were the four. Yeah, I'll host fetch Terravine and Natchez. Yeah, I mean, don't hate it. I mean, there's if I asked you the question, who are the four best winger or the four best forwards on the Hurricanes? Yeah, I mean, I, I have no problem throwing them out there. It just seems like they always try the same thing. Yeah. So if, if the other team looks at the scouting report, they kind of know what they're going to do. Uh, I mean, ter- obviously, Terravine Terravine almost Terravine hits the hits the bar there. That's his move works that, most of the time. That, that's all that would have been game over too. Yeah, that was yeah, that was the the second shot of round three nice in the tie. Yeah, so that that would have ended it there. Uh, just caught the was it the post that he caught uh, or the crossbar? Either way, that was his move. That was a great move. Uh, just missed it by an inch. Um, I do think it'd be nice to throw Jarvis yeah. in the shootout lineup. Um, I think I think he's got a lot to offer. Trip always like. Or at least last year, he liked to say that Jarvis was the only pure goal scorer on the team. Um, and I mean, skill set wise, I can see that though he's definitely improved his 
defensive abilities this year as well. But obviously, we're talking about the shootout here. But I think he's got a lot to offer in the in the shootout potentially. So maybe they'll look to go to him. Maybe he'll bring Burns back into it. Um, I think Martinuk is one that tends to have a decent shootout record. I might be misremembering, um, but I feel like he's one that kind of surprises in the shootout. Um, I know for a while Slavin had a good move, but I think it's his only move and goalies have <laughs> figured out. Um, if D'Angelo's in the lineup, he might be one to throw in there. Uh, I would he was in the first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now, follow up to that. What uh, what's your opinion of shootouts just in general? Because a lot of the other, like the national podcasts and stuff, I listen to, and um, you know, I feel like the the popular opinion is people want to get rid of the shootout in general and just either um, extend uh, extend overtime or you know whatever. But what what do y'all think about that? Mm-hmm. What about just like a sudden death three on three? Until just until it's over, because <laughs> I mean it's not going to last forever three on three just because there's so much open space. Like, I, I think uh, imagine though that the Dallas game was more intense than it was and lasted a little longer and went to overtime and took forever to score, and then we also twenty two hours after puck drop, which would be nineteen hours after that game ends, plus travel up to Buffalo. I have a yeah. feeling the Players Association wouldn't go for a continuous overtime <laughs> in the regular season, right. and I can't blame them. Uh, shootouts were fun back in 2005 and when they first started, and haven't really held up, I don't think. Uh, I'm kind of, I kind of agree with the, the opinions you shared, Taylor. Um, they, it's probably time to phase them out, find something else. Uh, I don't know if that's bring ties back. I don't know if that's uh, make overtime ties, longer. Ties are worse than shootouts. Yeah, Agreed. I <laughs> I, see, and I actually, I'm, I love shootouts. I, 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 they are very entertaining. Uh, I don't like them as a way of deciding who gets the extra point in a yeah. hockey game. Like imagine in, in in NBA, if you finish regulation instead of having overtime because it's not sudden death there instead of playing basketball <laughs> you have a three-point contest or a dunk contest and let that decide who wins that's, the game that's a fair it's, point or or football i don't know what what their skill would be um see and that's but, where i i compare the i compare the hockey shootout the best comparison is, is well i was thinking college um oh, yeah. college football because college football. college football uh overtime is so much better than nfl yeah. over that's still a, a football play the team that doesn't have the ball right. is able to play defense. And so, um, I don't know, maybe you could do like a like a two-on-one two challenge. <laughs> maybe that'd be kind of interesting, like throw yeah. Slavin out there to defend against uh, two of their forwards. Um, so that way it's a little... Like the team's defensive structure actually matters a bit. It's still kind of a hockey play uh, more so than a shootout is. That's, that's an interesting idea. I'd have to think about that. I was about to say, bit. how would you set that up? But we can... Yeah, we can give you time yeah. to think about it. Maybe that'll be uh, a uh, off-season really topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, well, so let's move on to last game to talk about. We've we've got the luckily broke the losing streak. I was ugh, 
I was going to be so ticked if we went on a three-game losing streak. But thank <laughs> goodness we did not. We got the win against the Minnesota Wild. We won 3-2. So give us give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, Chatfield returns uh, to the lineup after he missed several games. Uh, Tony D'Angelo looked really good while he was in the lineup, much better than he did early mm-hmm. in the season. Um, so happy to yep. see that. Uh, he looked much more like the Tony D'Angelo we all hoped uh we were resigning or you know getting back uh, mm-hmm. um, this season, so uh, glad to see that. But yeah, it's nice to have Chatfield back, especially his speed. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously, um, the I think the Hurricanes came out pretty quick, pretty strong, uh, especially following up kind of the game in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then yeah, the penalty uh, that. Uh, was called on Tavo, kind of turned things around and, and sent things back uh, Minnesota's mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um, kind of talking about Chatfield a little bit more. He was immediately noticeable uh, yeah. coming back to the lineup. Uh, it's really nice to see. It. I mean, with, what was it, four games with D'Angelo, and you're kind of thinking, yeah, this isn't terrible. I, I'd be okay with him playing every night. And then... Mm-hmm. Chatfield comes back, you're like, holy cow, we need this guy. <laughs> um, yeah. He uh, he was the best-looking defenseman on the ice uh, for the early part of that game. Um, but yeah, it started off hot in our favor. I think the first five shots on goal in the game were by us until that penalty um, on Teravainen that was... Uh, I don't know. I'd say it was questionable. I, I'm sure it might disagree, but <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was definitely a momentum shifter. Um, but at least we were able to tie it up after uh, after Minnesota got a goal uh, just after that power play ended. Um, and then uh, Wild take the lead again just before the period ends. I always hate those last minute or first yeah. minute goals. Um, and uh, that one was kind of rough, I believe. On that, on that goal, uh, I'm I think I'm remembering correctly again. Everything's kind of blurring together for me, but I'm pretty sure that was a play that was going to be an icing that Kochekov and I both thought was going to be waved off. <laughs> uh, so he goes behind the net to play the puck out, and it doesn't get it out of the zone. And while it cycles around, uh, Minnesota is able to put it put it in the net. And so, um, kind of a rough play there where you're looking to kind of keep the play moving and kind of start pushing a breakout your way. And then you end up kind of setting up the other team to, to score on you. Um, it was through about 15 bodies between the, <laughs> between the blue line and coach Ekhov, uh, but uh, found its way through them all. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the lab, the goal at the last, you know, 90 seconds of a period always drives me insane. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Luckily, uh, the Hurricanes also got one of those in the second period, but uh, <laughs> right, uh, yeah. Now I think it was right after Trip said something too. <laughs> I think yeah. right before that, uh, Trip was like, "Hey, Minnesota scored in the last minute of the last period. Let's see if we can do it here." And then, <laughs> and then Svetch does it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. The the second period mostly uh, a little more quiet than the first, but yeah, that uh, Sveshnikov tied it up two two um, with what was it twenty four seconds left in the period? I think believe so something like that anyway 20 something seconds um yeah the the uh 
from Stahl to, to uh, Jarvis uh, across the Sveshnikov. So nice to go into the third period tied. Uh, Minnesota's, you know, uh, another good team pushing uh, kind of to get into the playoffs. So they're kind of the more desperate team there. And, um, yeah, going into the third period, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a tough, tight period there. Um, but both teams kind of uh, have a strong push there towards the end. Yeah, so saw a post on Facebook about uh, Steph Nason's goal, uh, calling him <laughs> Steph Faison. Score it with his face. <laughs> yeah, I, no. if you if you listen really closely to the broadcast, you can hear Drury say "bank" uh, right before he <laughs> shot that. So <laughs> yeah, he called it, so it counts. Yeah. <laughs> he called the bank shot. You can, you can hear it. Go back, go back and watch the highlight. Yeah. Yeah, Minnesota got the E on their horse after uh, not being able to match that shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, it just felt like uh, that's the kind of goal that uh, the Hurricanes have been missing lately. So nice to see kind of them get get the bounce. <laughs> you talk about all the shots, uh, kind of they put on mm-hmm. on goal. Statistically, eventually it has to even out. So <laughs> uh, it's just. <laughs> Yeah, statistically, yeah, they, they got the bounce of their turn. So, yeah, it shows the importance of getting to the tough areas too. Um, yeah, yeah, it's nice to see and driving, driving, driving the other side. Uh, oh, yeah, jury get to the yep. front. So, having two guys there, and you know, anytime you put a puck on that, you know what's going to happen. So, it's a game with a rubber puck played on ice. So, <laughs> crazy things happen. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, Kochekov was great that game um better than in dallas uh for sure is nice nice bounce back for him um also allowed two goals like in dallas but on uh, much more shots i believe there were 30 shots uh for minnesota that game so um looking a lot better and definitely helps keep the team in it uh, as they're trying to push for uh the go-ahead goal there in the third um so yeah, it was a good game for him too Glad to see him getting rolling. All right. Um, well, uh, covering four games takes a bit of time, so let's we'll go ahead and take our, our ad break now, um, but we will be right back with you. Let's go, Kay. This ad break is brought to you by no one. At least not yet. This space could be yours to advertise for you and your business. So if you're interested in getting your business out into the airwaves, into the universe, please reach out to us. Let us help you. You can reach us on our social medias at stormsurge underscore pod or at our Gmail, stormsurgecanespod at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Let go, Kay. And we are back. Thanks for, uh, thanks for not bailing on us. We appreciate that. Um, all right, well, let's, uh, let's move on to our, our three stars of the week. So who is that first star? I mean, it, it's gotta be Kochekov, uh, played three out of the four games, uh, that we're looking at here. Got two wins. Uh, the one loss to Dallas was a hard fought game. Uh, there's kind of, kind of tough, but, um, just with the 44 shots against, against Florida and getting that shut out there, uh, he faced a total of 90 shots in those three games uh, allowed only four goals. That's a nine fifty six save percentage, which is incredible in a, in a one thirty five goals against average. Uh, so definitely the kind of numbers you're looking for in your elite starter. Uh, that's definitely a 
uh, above average uh, stat line there uh, as far as performance goes. And uh, because of that, that earns him the first star of the week in my book. Nice. Yeah. Also, uh, on the season now, he's got a 235 goals against average and 911 save percentage. So, uh, great. Good numbers there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's starter numbers right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, good. Uh, good for Kochekov. He's, uh, He's looked very good recently. Yeah. You can see the confidence. So that's uh, okay. very good. And remember, uh, no touches, guys. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's an enforcer as well. Awesome. All right. So then who uh, who's that second star? Yep, second star, uh, Andre Svechnikov. Uh, he had a goal and two assists this week. Um, and, uh, well, uh, yeah. The goal against Minnesota was that uh, that was to make it two two correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah so. Uh, yeah. Good numbers from Sasha Cobb this week. Um, second star. Awesome. And then third. Uh, I'm going to go with Sebastian Ajo. Um, he didn't get any points in the last two games of the week against Buffalo and uh, Minnesota, but in the two against Florida and Dallas, he was the only player to score, uh, including that awesome game winner uh, against Florida. Um, so uh, led the led the team in goals this week uh, with two. Uh, nobody else had two this week, and uh, that memorable one to put the cats to bed uh, uh, makes him third star in my book. Yeah, we might. I might want to start calling him the closer after the uh, <laughs> that, that goal against Florida, and then I forget the one he had with the uh, the one just below the crossbar a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Um, all right, so okay, so um, something I wanted to to bring up to you guys that I'm I'm curious of your opinion. So obviously we've got. Um, we still don't know exactly when Anderson's coming back. Or I haven't seen anything on that. Have y'all seen any updates? Just uh, just one from last week. I think you guys talked about that said uh, one to two weeks. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so I, I haven't seen anything newer than that. I know he's um, skating, I think, you know, anytime um, the team is asked, they just say pretty much when he's ready. Um, but so – so Adam Gold brought up, um, he said, this is his plan. He was like, okay, so if Anderson were activated today, so we'd have four goalies on the team, we can't do that. We've mm-hmm. only got 23 spots, you know, so so we'd have to figure something out. So here's, here's his plan, um, and I'm curious to hear what you think. So he said, sign Spencer Martin to a two-year contract, um, and then, and so in that first year could be a two-way deal, you know, so you could send him down, um, around 250,000 guaranteed, um, in the minor leagues. And then the next year is a guaranteed NHL deal. The minimal deal, um, is fine, but he was like, so if you send him onto waivers with that and send him down, he's like, because of the two-year deal, he didn't think any other team is going to pick him up. Um, but, um, so yeah, so you can send Martin down to the minor leagues, you add Ronta to IR, um, 
and then that way we're you know we've just got two uh, two goalies and we've got a spot open up so we could potentially bring up like Ponomarev or um, you know look at signing somebody or trading for somebody or or whatever. So what um, what do you guys think? I mean, do you think the the goalie situation is still we need to look elsewhere or um, or yeah what what's your opinions? Still think it's all dependent on. Frederick Anderson, and if he's healthy and going to remain healthy, which is kind of a wild card, I guess. Um, ideally, you would have him come back like we talked about last week uh, before the trade deadline, kind of get him a start or two, and then yeah. uh, have a better idea. I mean, Spencer Martin has played extremely well. His only loss, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, his only loss was against Buffalo, right, in overtime? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, three zero and one. Yeah, I mean he's he's had incredible stats uh, when he's played. Obviously, still kind of a small uh, sample size, but most of his games have been against very good teams. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have any problems signing him. <clears throat> um, I think if if Anderson's healthy, obviously, I think at that point Ranta in my mind is kind of the the odd guy out. And Ronta's on an expiring contract this year, currently hurt. Um, to kind of go back to what Adam Gold was saying, I think we can just replace Anderson on IR with Ronta as a short-term fix while yeah. we have more time to think about it. Because that would also, I mean, it wouldn't free up a spot like moving Martin to the minors would. Um, but I yeah, think that's yeah, you're okay, right. Uh, for now, um, that's kind of the, the benefit there. So uh, that'd give us some time, but... Uh, with the way Martin's playing in the the four games with Carolina, he's got a nine twenty five save percentage and a one ninety six goals against average. Um, and Kochekov, I mean, when we talk about if is the goaltending situation solved, my <laughs> my thought is yes with Kochekov. <laughs> uh, whoever else is there is going to be his backup. I mean, in the month of February, he started eight games, uh, five and three record, and some of that was a little. Uh, misfortune but he had a 940 save percentage and a 171 goals against average with two shutouts in february two shutouts in eight games like that's that's elite numbers right there and i mean it is one month but it also is eight games which is 20 percent of a season for a goalie um i mean that's good that's real good numbers right there uh and i think they stay good if we have a a nice tandem for him with one A one B. I don't think he's ready to be the one and a one two setup. Mm-hmm. But if Martin can be the one B, or if Anderson comes back and can be the one B, uh, that's probably how I'd roll with it. Um, I think Kochetkov is the kind of guy that just needs to keep getting consistent starts. When he struggled is when his starts have been inconsistent, right. um, and when he's been excellent. If you look at the the run through December last year, where he was excellent, uh, since Ronson's gone down with the injury this time around. Uh, he's been he's been excellent when he's had to be the guy. So I think we're at the point now where we need to help him be the guy. Um, and whether that means Anderson's helping him out, whether that means Martin's helping him out, or Ronta or somebody else, I think he's he's the guy. I agree. Makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean it's um, Kachetkov. Look, even if he has a bad game. Okay, everybody has a bad game here and there, and then even if you know, <laughs> even if him going uh, winning five and three, if you can have two good games and one bad game, that'll still uh, through the playoffs, 
two wins, mm-hmm. one loss, you do that consistently, that, uh, you know, we're, we'll mm-hmm. be okay. Um, I, I clearly wasn't listening when you asked the original question, Taylor, uh, <laughs> opposed to the original thought. But, Spencer, if you assume that all four are healthy, is Ronta the odd man out in your in your eyes? And if so, um, do you trade him or, or what? At this point, so if you look at it from the perspective of contracts, Kachekov's under contract for four more or for three more years after this one, and Anderson's under contract next year. Uh, Martin and Ronsa are not; they're on expiring deals. Um, if they're all healthy, does that mean we're assuming that Anderson's going to stay healthy? Yes, <laughs> yeah. and not okay. not only healthy, but this is also you know all of this is assuming that Anderson comes back and is healthy and good. You know, right. he he hasn't taken a, a major drop off. I mean, he has a tough time staying healthy for more than a month and a half at a time anyway. So you're going to want a reliable third guy. Uh, I think Martin's shown he can be that. I think he's he might be the more affordable option, definitely the more consistent option, uh, the option that's more on the rise rather than the decline like Ronta is. Um, love Ronta. Love seeing him do well with the team. Stick with mm-hmm. him when he's not doing great, at least while he's on the team. But uh, if I'm making that call, I'm probably... I'm probably leaning towards Martin being being the guy, that third guy. Right. Um, and whether Ron ends up in AHL or, or traded. Uh, I mean, listen to offers, but I'm, I'm kind of okay with either option. Uh, clearly, right. we've, needed, we've needed five goalies this year <laughs> with all the issues we've had. It definitely <laughs> doesn't hurt to have four capable, especially with right. AHL affiliate. I don't want, I don't want to have to rely on have. Yanni Peretz to be the playoff backup. Right. Um, sh- should there be some more injuries at that point? So, um, I'd probably lean towards Martin being the designated third, with Ronta remaining an option. I don't think he's going to get claimed off of waivers. He passed through once already. Uh, put him down in the AHL to keep him uh, healthy or to keep him uh, performing, keep him playing. Uh, Blue Jackets may want some revenge if they see him on waivers. <laughs> take him then. Be like a be like a uh, yeah like a offer sheet situation with <laughs> Montreal yeah. and the Canes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Just one one interesting thing um, about Martin that I forget I forget who brought it up, um, but but Martin from there was something like from the Boston game to the Vegas game there was like twenty eight days or something crazy, you know, a huge span where he didn't play. And so for him to, you know, to be able to go that long and then still, you know, he is not, he has not had a bad game in a Kings jersey. And so. um, Only allowed a single goal against Vegas, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, One goal. Yeah. One goal. Two against Boston, one against Vegas. So he. uh, 24 days between starts. 24. Yeah, Thank I, you. I, th- I think he said something about it was uh, really nice to play behind the defense like like ours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> All right. And then, um, okay, so another another interesting topic. So uh, so the drop this past week, they did their, their top 10 current centers in the league. And Ajo is not in that list. Um, 
so I'll read you the list, um, and then I'll uh, I'll ask, you know, basically, is there anybody that you would remove from that? But so obviously, number one, Connor McDavid, then Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews, Sidney Crosby, Leon Dreisaitl, uh Alexander Barkov, Jack Hughes, Braden Point, Jack Eichel, and Elias Pettersson. So, is are all ten of those? in your opinion, better than Ajo? Um, or if not, you know, who, how would you reorganize that? That's a tough one. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with their list. Uh. Yeah. I, I, as far as playing style that he's closest to, which I know is not the question, but I'd say he <laughs> has a similar playing style to Barkov. And once he gets more established in the league, the way that Barkov has, I think he could be thought of similarly. Um, and that playing style being uh, very skilled offensively, but also very reliable defensively. Um, some of these other guys are not known for actually playing when the puck is <laughs> going towards their own net, hmm. um, which is odd because that's one of the main responsibilities of the center is to be the third defenseman. Um, so it's... Uh, I think I think this list is very uh, heavily weighted on producing points. Uh, yep. And um, if you take into account, just I I don't think I would necessarily trade Aho for many of the people on this list uh, because I think his value doesn't all rely on how many goals he scored and how many assists he has. So uh, I kind of see that's kind of the trend that went with. I, I think Ajo could be somewhere around the the bottom of this list, probably. Yeah, they, so just they <clears throat> under their honorable mentions, they do have him. I forget who. Um, I think it was not remember. They had he was tied at twelfth. To answer a slightly <clears throat> amended version of your question, uh, if I were to trade anyone on the list for Ajo, it would be one of the Jacks, either Hughes or Eichel. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Hughes is kind of one-dimensional a bit and also been injured a lot this year. Uh, I don't know if this list is for top 10 centers this year. It is. It's this year. Which that was so an interesting thing they, they mentioned was, uh, was they felt like Sidney Crosby, which he's still playing great, but, but he probably should not be his, his career is probably putting him higher on this list this year than yeah. <laughs> actually this year is. Yeah. I, I should have known. Uh, based on where Crosby was, out of all these centers, I th- if it was career-wise, I'd put Crosby at the top. Um, I mean, overall, I don't have any issues with this list. I might, I mean, if I were to trade Ajo, it'd be for one of the Jacks, like I said. Um, I know Eichel's been hurt a little bit for Vegas as well. That'd be fun um, to have Austin Matthews. <laughs> it would be. It'd be very fun. I don't think yeah. I would trade Ajo for Jack Eichel. This oh, if you're listening, I would trade you for no one. <laughs> Actually, I know you're listening, and I wouldn't trade you. Like, I mean, I wouldn't trade for Eichel. I would trade Eichel off of the list and put Ajo on it instead. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yes, that's what yes, I meant. I agree with that. I thought you were saying, no, I got you. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I think anyone under Barkov, I would trade. Well, anyone other under Barkov other than Pedersen, I would put Ajo probably kind of in that Point category. as well? I haven't looked at his stats for this season, so I don't really know. 
I I kind of put I kind of put Aho and Point kind of similar. in the same category in my mind. Yeah, the difference is Point is minus fifteen. He's got yeah. sixty three points in sixty one <laughs> games, but he's a minus fifteen. <laughs> Whereas an NO plus minus is kind of a flawed stat. But Aho's got sixty one points in fifty six games, so two fewer points in five fewer games, and he's a plus eleven. Defensively, more valuable and <laughs> offensively. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'd trade, I'd trade Aho on this list for any of seven, eight, or nine. Uh, Hughes is overrated on this list. Point is overrated, and Eichler is overrated on this yeah. list. Eichler's only played forty-two games <laughs> this year. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you. One thing all these have in common is the amount of attention they get kind of in national media. So, mm-hmm. If Eichel's not careful, Ajo's going to catch up with him in career points. Uh, yeah. Actually, I think he has more already because Eichel missed most of one season. Uh, Ajo has 529. Eichel has 490. Yeah, he's already passed him by 40 points. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let's move on to our mailbag segment. We've got we've got a couple questions this week. Um, so first, Zach Shoemaker, he asked, "What player could the Hurricanes pick up to make the team more gritty? Feel like they don't have an enforcer slash tough guy." So it depends on how you spell gritty, because there's a mascot in <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> he is beautiful. But if you spell it with D's, G-R-I-D-D-Y, got to go Jake Wallman from Detroit. Uh, get him to drop the gritty after some overtime winners. <laughs> drop the gritty? I, I'm right. I'm a millennial. I'm not Gen Z. I don't know the terminology for doing that dance. But... <laughs> yeah. Do, do it you guys know? I have no idea. Uh, nope. I'm, I'm not that hip. Dylan, but I know it you're was, tuned into pop culture. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm the only one Love here it. that doesn't use any kind of social media, so <laughs> I yeah, absolutely don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in all seriousness, uh, as far as who could they pick up? Insert uh, Brandon Lemieux in the lineup more often. I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, that's my first thought is we have Lemieux already. Uh, <clears throat> question is, does it make sense to put him in for the grittiness or does it make sense to keep having – Steph Faison score goals with his visor. <laughs> or, I mean, who would come, who would come out? I mean, right. I feel like goals are more valuable than penalty minutes. Um, but I get the the point of the question. If I don't know who's even available that would fill that role, um, I mean, there's this rookie that just got called up by the Rangers that's got four fights in three games uh, or five games. <laughs> right, 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 but, uh, that guy would be awesome, but I know he's not available. <laughs> um, Ryan Reeves from Toronto. I mean, they're not going to let him go, and uh, that would not be fun to have in the in the lineup. But yeah. um, I think you just kind of rely on the uh, physicality of like Sveshnikov, or uh, you know, not to the point of where they're in fights, but like yeah. bunting annoying people. Lemieux over the, like you can put Lemieux in the lineup every now and then. Uh, yeah, I think there's ways for the existing team to kind of step it up a bit. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure this question, if I'm guessing, is as a result of the Florida game, uh, possibly with the Buffalo game where Darlene kind of ran Martin a bit. Uh, I was KK pleased. beat him up again. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> I, I was I was content with the response from the team on Dalene running Martin. Uh, for one, half the team thought it was somebody else and jumped him. Uh, Jury was the only one who realized who it actually was, and a ref kind of got in the way before he could get over there uh, <laughs> to get to him. And the net kind of got in the way, too. He was like coming from across the ice. So uh, the toughness was there. Just because there wasn't a fight about it, I think, is okay. And, and also, I mean why get a roughing penalty to match the goaltender interference that they're already getting? Just take the power play and try to score on it. And they did um, score on it, right? Ultimate Revenge. I believe, yeah, did they, they did. did. No, they did. It was Drury, right? Or was who it? was it? I, think, I want to say Natchez. It was. It was Natchez. Yeah, it was Natchez. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I was okay with that. The Florida game, uh, I mean, that, Florida's a unique opponent. Um Check out the Hockey Psychology YouTube channel. Uh, he does some good videos on stuff, but he had one last week about uh, the NHL has a Florida problem um, and just the way that Florida's playing is just... It's it's different. Playing Florida is different yeah. than playing any other team in the NHL right now. Um, when they have Kachuk and Lomberg and Cousins and uh, somebody else I'm blanking on. Uh, I'm picturing his face. Sam Bennett doing what they're doing. Uh, and Bobrovsky being an elite behind him. I mean, the way they play makes you want to punch them in the face. And so I understand <laughs> the premise of the question, but uh, honestly, I don't think we need to make any changes. In that regard, at least. Yeah. Also, to I also don't know who's available, so I can't really answer the question, uh, even, hypothetically, even hypothetically. So, All right. Um... So our next question is from Jared Kaiser, and he asked, do you think we will trade Nietzsche? Do I think we will? Maybe. <laughs> That's a great committal answer. <laughs> do I think we should? Also, maybe. <laughs> it's all dependent. I mean, uh, to, to expound on that a bit. I don't think we should sell Natchez, meaning I don't think Natchez should be the one piece leaving from us in exchange for multiple pieces. Uh, I think if we're getting rid of Natchez, it needs to be part of a much larger deal where we're getting better at forward because of it. It's hard to trade a guy that's got over 40 points out of your forward core and actually improved your forward core as a result when scoring is already a uh, kind of a tricky task for us currently i mean there, there's a stretch of games there the first three games of this week we had a total of four goals in those three games uh not awesome uh not terrible but uh definitely not awesome uh so i feel like trading away a guy that scored one of those goals it's probably not the way to go <laughs> uh, unless you're really confident you're getting better there um and there's very few guys that are rumored to be available that I think would actually improve us there. So um, I think they should definitely listen to phone calls, but I don't think that trading is going to end up actually being beneficial for the cup run this year. If we were in a position like Anaheim where <laughs> the cup run was not even a possibility, it'd probably make sense to try to get a bunch of assets out of them before you have to pay them uh, a lot after this expiring contract, but uh, I think I think using him as our own player towards a cup run this year is the best use of that asset. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And uh, since you brought up Anaheim, Spencer, uh, there's rumors that uh, Trevor Zegers would potentially be available. Would you trade uh, Nietzsche's in a package for him? Or not package coming back either way? Um, I would not trade Natchez as part of a package to get Zegris. Potentially, if Zegris was a part of, or the main piece of the package coming back. Right, right, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Possibly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe. Um, I don't know, I feel like I feel like Natchez is more of a team player, and this is not based on much of anything at all. Um, but I feel like Natchez has been easier to deal with and is more willing to buy into the system a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we've had struggles with that. And when he starts to get frustrated, he tries to revert to his own way of playing, um, which is more speed and more uh, puck possession rather than the four-checking system. Uh, but Zegers has only played 20 games this year, and he has seven points in those 20 games after a long contract negotiation as a restricted free agent, he didn't sign his contract until October 2nd. He missed out on the entirety of training camp. Um, <laughs> didn't play in the preseason. And then now it's showing he's got seven points, 20 games and he's hurt. Um, right. It's uh, not a great look when you're only 22 years old to be that difficult to work with. Granted it's Anaheim and it's a team that's not winning. Uh, <laughs> so I get not loving it, but um I don't know. He's definitely a very skilled player, and I wouldn't mind having him on the team, but uh, I think I like Natchez more. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I Especially since... Things kind of linking them to a lot of different teams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and Zegers costs twice as much as Natchez does this year. Right. All right. Um, well, so let's move on. We'll Let's look at the upcoming games. We've only got two games to talk about in this upcoming week, and they're both soon um, as we're so tomorrow night against Columbus is we're recording this on Wednesday night, but uh, but what are we what are we looking forward to at that? And will Spencer Martin be in that? So <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to Spencer Martin versus the Blue Jackets. Is what I was going to say. So <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, with the way Kochetkov's playing, I have a hard time not starting him. Um, but also with the way Martin's playing, you could definitely make the case that. Uh, they should both be getting pretty fre- frequent playing time. Um, maybe with the travel and how uh, how many games they've had recently, they might switch back to Martin, but that'll be interesting. It'll be a good game. Uh, hopefully it'll be a good game. It, it ought to be a win, but so ought to have Buffalo. That's <laughs> yeah, a terrible I, I grammar, I'm sure, but... <laughs> Looking at uh, looking at kind of Columbus's uh, stats for the season so far, uh, they're twenty seventh in expected goals. Um, they are towards the bottom uh, of the league in several of the kind of the uh, you know shot attempt percentage. So, um, kind of the way the Hurricanes play, obviously uh, a team that struggles to get shots uh, on net. Hopefully, we'll be able to kind of take advantage of that and. Uh, kind of play the game we want to play and should be a uh, it's a game they should obviously win um, so hopefully hopefully they do all right then then on Saturday we've 
we're back at home against Winnipeg. So what uh, what are we looking at? That's a, that should be a tough one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be. Hopefully, it's not a hellebuck in that. <laughs> I'm sure. Will they even have another goalie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's always nice to see Niederreiter back in town. Uh, loved him as a cane. Yeah. Um, glad Winnipeg's having success um, this year. Uh, at least on the ice. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen, but there's been there's some, some talk this week about uh, disappointment with their ticket sales. I think they've saw like a 30% decrease in season ticket holders over the last three years um, yeah, or something like that. pretty poor. Attendance is poor. It's crazy though, because it's, it's frigid Winnipeg with right. a real hockey team. Like what else are you going to do all winter? Other than go to the ice hockey rink to warm up because it's so cold outside and, and watch a, a high caliber team. Like they right. just shelled out a bunch of money on keeping Shifley and Hellebuck around. The least you could do is go and support that team. Uh, you're going to lose it again if you don't uh, to all the zero people in Winnipeg listening to this. But, uh, <laughs> hey, we don't, we, uh, 1% of our listeners are from Canada. So I don't know where. All right. Well, but maybe they're well, in Winnipeg. <laughs> I mean, if they are in Winnipeg, hi, Mrs. Jarvis. Thank you for listening uh, <laughs> to our podcast. So grateful to have your son on our team. Uh, and, and thanks for the support. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, uh, um, Winnipeg's a good team, really good team this year. Uh, and they've really uh, invested and trying to be good for the long haul as well. And hopefully uh, the fans in that city get the opportunity to see them stick around for a while. Also, just uh, speaking of ticket prices, the uh, uh, one of the other podcasts, so it, it is an official Canes one. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, they did the storm report. They did their last one at the beginning of the month was was a midseason check in with Don Waddell and he mentioned how um, they're looking at raising ticket prices because I guess we're we're like the fourth lowest price in the league or something like that. So Jeez. that was yeah that was interesting. Four now, so That's yeah, I know that was double what I paid back in twenty thirteen. Right, the parking has risen like two hundred percent over the last five. <laughs> Parking, yeah, parking costs as much as getting to the games. <laughs> yeah, crazy. So I don't look forward to that. But he said his reasoning was he just talked about some of the contracts and stuff and trying to make more money to to support the team. So I, you know, want to support the team, but can only do so much if I can't be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else you guys want to bring up? Nope. I don't think so. All right. Uh, so what's the difference between a piano, a tuna, and a bottle of glue? I know you can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. But I don't know what the glue... Where does that come in? That's what people get stuck on. Oh, ah. It's almost like I knew where you're going with that. Did you did you two work on this together? Did you rehearse that? <laughs> no, that was well. Normally, the when I've heard it other times, they you know if they don't know it, you say that that you can't you can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish, and then they they pause yeah, and they say, the "Well, yeah." And so, and then you, but 
So that was perfect. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, thank you, all you listeners out there. We we appreciate you. Please, please, please like, follow, subscribe if you don't already. Comment, give us a five star rating. Uh, those things will will help us out and uh, help the different platforms share us a little more themselves. Um, but then please share us on social media. We we enjoy doing this. We'd we'd like to uh, to continue doing it. And so yeah, so um, we'd like to thank our sponsors once again, Palace Point and RCE Theaters and Chase Given Music. Um, but yeah, we will. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Storm Surge, a Carolina Hurricanes podcast. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. Make sure to follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for news and updates. Links are in the description. We'll see you next week.